you. So um, the one thing that I want you guys to take away this evening is that there are three words, three words that Peter, that I think can describe each section of this passage, is that we need to remember that the gospel is trustworthy. So if that's all you take away, please, you know, just listen to that. So, yeah, it's a simple message that Peter is talking about in this um, passage. He wants us to remember to read the Bible and to trust what it says and let it change who we are. And I know we all know this, and I know that I've certainly been reminded of it for my entire life, but it actually wasn't until about two years ago that I realized the importance of reading the Bible for myself. And I'm quite ashamed to say that up until that point, I was like, well, I've heard these stories in Sunday school. What is it going to give me? Why do I need to read it for myself? Um, And so I was in this small group at church, at my old church, and we were reading through the book of John, and I was then asked to lead one of the, one of the sessions. So I had a week to prepare, um, but I'd never actually read John for myself. <laughs> so I now had to go away and really study what this chapter was talking about. And over that week, I realized how little I knew and how little of the stories that I had learned when I was younger, just there's so much more to them. Um, and even after reading it for the week, there's still so much more that I get out of it even when reading it now. And I just could not get enough after that. Like, that has been it. Since then, I have just seen the amazing word and the amazing power of God's word um, and all that he had to teach, not just about who I am in his eyes, but also who he is and his story and his plan for us. So while I was preparing for this evening, I was kind of struck by two things. One, that there is so much more of this Bible that I still need to read. Because again, up until today, well, this week, I had not read any of Peter's letters. So, it's all new. Um, And the second thing is, doesn't the Bible kind of remind you of a biography? Or the other way around, a biography reminds you of the Bible? Bible, um, A biography isn't written by the subject, but by an author. Um... And they get to know them intimately. They get to know their hopes and their fears and their dreams and their aspirations and the way they think and why they make the decisions that they do make. Um, And although it isn't straight from the subject's mouth, it is truly inspired and um, the author is trusted, completely trusted by the subject to tell their story. Um, And so when people read this biography, they get to know truly who the subject is. They may have heard about them on social media or the TV or news, but they get to truly know who they are, like why they think, what they do, in a way that they have never known, like personal, relatable. But the Bible isn't just an amazing biography. It isn't just a life-changing biography. It's also an autobiography. It is truly written and created and planned by God and given in his word through the authors. So why, as a Christian, do I not read it more or trust everything that it says? Well, this is kind of what Peter is reminding his readers of. He's not just calling us to believe what we hear, but he's also calling us to trust what we read. Um, So God's biography is written by his most trusted people, and they were inspired completely by the Holy Spirit So what more piece of trustworthy writing is that? So last week we heard about um, the first half of this chapter and 
Peter is calling us as Christians to living a life of holiness, to following the path of discipleship. And we heard that God has provided all that we need for that, like everything to be able to live in holiness and to grow in the fruits of the Spirit. So Peter's urging his readers to recognize that spiritual life is about continued growth in the Lord, knowledge of our Lord and that in the, the growth in understanding leads to action. So the first three, four um, verses in this pa- passage, verses 12 to 15, is ta- um, all talking about remembering. Peter is just urging us to remember. So knowing that it wasn't all new stuff that they were hearing, he just wanted to remind them and to remind them of the importance of this reminding. Um, he wasn't worried whether he knew it well, whether people knew it or not, but he wanted to make sure that they knew what they were reading, that they trusted it, and it was making a difference in their life. Um, and so as he knew that his earthly life was coming to an end, just as when Jesus' life was coming to an end, and Jesus was going out and reminding his followers of how important it was to read the scriptures and to trust what it was saying, Peter's doing the same here. And so often we're caught up in the material things of today that we just forget that simple thing. Our life is short, but the gospel needs sharing. We need to be going out and sharing that. So the false teachers of the day were telling everyone they needed to learn deeper stuff and like keep going more and more and more, and they were slowly drifting away from the core message of the gospel, Jesus coming to earth and dying for us. Um, and so Jesus demonstrated this importance of remembering the sacrifice that he made by sharing communion with his followers. So later on, we're going to be doing just that, remembering his sacrifice, the gospel message. We're going to be remembering the core of what we believe in our faith. And that the more that we understand this, the more that we'll live for him, the more that we'll seek him, and the more that we'll learn how to respond in love and obedience. So four years ago, while watching one of Leo Giglio's sermons, my life was completely changed. I just spent five months or so walking away from God. I don't know why, it just happened. I'd grown up in a Christian family, I had a faith of my own, but I just, I started walking, and the more I walked, the further away from God I got. And so while I was watching this sermon, I kind of came face to face with this ultimate question. Was I going to keep walking in that direction, or was I going to turn around and run straight back to God? And I completely broke down in tears, and I was like, what have I done? Like, I'm so unworthy of everything that God can give me. And that was when the real core essence of the gospel hit me. I am unworthy, but he still loves me and he still forgives me. And he does every day. He did then and he will tomorrow. And it has been a long time and a long journey. And it is still going of me learning how to live out the gospel that Jesus is teaching us. To learn how to be obedient to that and to lay down my life in love and obedience for him and for everyone else around me. So that's remembering remembering the gospel so the second part is verses 16 to 18 and it's all about the gospel and the truth of the gospel and the bible as a whole so because of the false teachers and their teaching of just incorrect stuff people were starting to believe that jesus would not be returning that you know he'd come and that was it and they were kind of like well now what and he was saying peter was saying but These cleverly devised stories, as you so call them, are not clever. They're not stories. They're truth. They're real. He wasn't 
um, preaching a, a false message. He was preaching what the Old Testament had been prophesying over who Jesus is and his life and his death on the cross, but also what was to come. Jesus is coming back, his, yeah, his second coming. And he then backs up this um, the, the, the gospel, the prophecies in the Old Testament with his witness of Jesus' transfiguration. He witnessed, along with James and John, Jesus in his true power and glory as king, the ultimate king of the world. So Jesus' second coming is going to be so different from his first. Instead of humbling himself and limiting his exercise of divine self, he will return as sovereign Lord and King with all power and all glory. And they saw this. They got a taste of that amazing power. And they also heard, they didn't just see, but they heard God say, this is my son who I love. And it, isn't, it wasn't just like God's words in the time. It also referred back to Psalms 2, which was um, a mess, messianic, I don't know how you say that word, a prophecy of Jesus, of who he is and who he's to come. Like, God is showing, look, what I, what I breathe into the Old Testament is truth. It's truth and it's all come true. So Peter wants us all to know that as well. That Jesus' promise of who he is and who he is to come is in the gospel. And that is the entire gospel. He came, he saved us, and he will come again for us. And we need to remember that he will come again. We're not going to be waiting and, and disbelieving like the original readers of this letter. So if you haven't already studied Revelation, I highly recommend that you do, but with a commentary, because you'll get so much more out of it. Um, it was the second book that I properly read um, about a year and a half ago, and it took me many months, like five or six months, so don't worry if it takes you a while. And I was suddenly reminded again of what it really means to be loved by God and his saving grace. And it was so eye-opening and hope, there was so much hope in it of like the goodness and the glory of, of what is to come and God changing this world. And it meant that I don't have to worry about the future because I know that God has got this sorted. Um, and as I studied through Revelation, I kept coming into conversations with Christian, um, friends who weren't Christian. Like all my friends at uni, so many of them weren't Christian. But suddenly, I don't know, God was working. <laughs> they kept asking me questions. And it wasn't just random questions. It was questions about things that I'd just been reading. And I suddenly hadn't answered them because I'd been reading about it. And it was just suddenly so amazing and so eye-opening of what not only the Bible changing me, but also... I was able to have conversations with people and actually have answers, answers that if they'd asked me weeks before, I would not have been able to give them. And so from that, um, Peter then goes on to say, in the last few verses, the Bible is trustworthy, completely and wholly trustworthy. So the Old Testament is what Peter is referring to as the prophetic message, because that is what they had at the time. So in addition to the witness that the apostles were of Jesus' ministry and his transfiguration, we also have the prophecies in the Old Testament referring, like prophesying over to his life, to Jesus' first and second coming. Um, so together we have the witnesses and the prophecies, and it's just oh, it's so convincing of who Jesus is, of Christ and his return. 
And so Peter encouraged us to pay really close attention to this, that we should not be ignoring the Old Testament in our studies, that we should be looking into because God is using it to point towards who Jesus is and who he, he is. So Peter starts the last few verses of this passage by saying, above all, understand. He is like really pointing to these last few verses. And he's just stating how important it is in this part of the letter. That what is written by the authors of the Bible is wholly inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's not their words. It's not their opinions and their stories. It is God-breathed. So the apostles were teaching from the Old Testament, which is... God breathed. They weren't teaching lies and stories. They were teaching truth. They were teaching God's word. And I find it really powerful knowing that God's voice is made completely audible to us these days. Like we can read the Bible and just hear what God has to say. And because God is light, therefore the Bible is light. The Bible is our light into the world in this darkness. And I've learned so much about who God is just from studying the Bible for myself. And I've not read that much yet. I'm still taking time. But through Acts, which was the first book that I decided to read on my own, and it was quite intense, God showed me how to evangelize, how to go and talk to people. He showed me just how important it is to talk to friends. Because although they are the hardest, and although we fear that they're going to turn their backs on us, not just our faith, they're the ones who we have a relationship with and we can actually talk to and we can build that slow. We can plant the seed in them and we can re-nurture it. And then through Revelation, God showed me his true beauty and his true power. And he showed me what it looks like to be in his presence. And that I don't have to worry because it's going to be okay and I'm going to get to meet him one day and it's all going to be worth it. And if I don't understand anything or don't have the answers, it's still fine. And through Joshua, um, God taught me that he will always pull through on his promises, even if we don't see it straight away, even if we have to wait generations. He will pull through because he will answer our prayers. And through Judges, which I'm currently studying, God's been taught, teaching me the importance of unity in his church, of standing together as a family and as a body. And he's taught me and shown me what it looks like to humbly lead others to their calling, not for my own praise. And there are some things that I still just do not understand in the Bible. Everyone has their opinions. Everyone has their interpretations. And quite often, they contradict each other. And it can be really confusing and overwhelming. And I still do not have the answers to my questions. <laughs> Even after studying what everyone tells me, the answers are there. And I'm like, but they're not. <laughs> but what I do have is a real peace from God that it's okay not to know everything. It's okay not to have the answers. Because when we study God's word and we pray about it, he's slowly will reveal parts of it that have meaning for us and that we need to know. And sometimes it is just to, just enough to satisfy my curiosity and it's fine and I can move on and not worry about it. And that later on I can come back and be like, okay, so what do you really mean in this? What can I really learn from this? So the more I study the Bible, the more I realize how little I know. And, but it just makes me keep wanting to know more because God has so much to say. And you can read something at one point in your life and come back to it a few years later and see a completely new thing. So like, don't just read it once. Just keep going back, opening up your Bible and seeing what God has to say to you. Because the beauty of our faith is that when we meet God face to face, everything will be answered. All our questions, all our doubts, everything will become clear. 
but last week we had that we have everything that we need. So we have everything that we need in this Bible and we need to trust it and study it with God by our side. Our God is faithful and good and he wants to answer your questions. He wants to fill you with that piece of understanding what he wants from us and what he wants for humanity. So a committed a commitment to the scriptural Christ, who Jesus really is, and not to an interpretation or society's opinion of what Christ is, requires a commitment to the authority and the trust in the scripture and the time to study it. We need to study with both our head and our heart. It's a two-way thing, it's not one. We need to give that time to build a relationship with God and to grow in grace and knowledge of who God is by reading his word and by being in relationship with him every day. The more that I read the Bible, and I, I just learn how to hear God's voice in completely other contexts, like I can be walking down a street and be like, oh, that's really cool, I didn't realize that. And the more that I study his word, the more I become familiar with his character and the way that he speaks, and therefore I can learn to listen and understand what he's saying to me. So I'm gonna encourage you and just finish up with this. Please make time for God in your day. Make time for his word to build a relationship with him and to learn how to hear what he has to say to you because he's always speaking.